The great thing about being an entrepreneur is that you're your own boss. You make your own rules. You can do whatever you want to do. The challenge of being an entrepreneur is that you're your own boss. You make your own rules and you can do whatever you want to do. And the problem can be sometimes you don't know what to do. In fact, you may be making mistakes right now in your business and don't even know that you're making mistakes and you don't even know how they're hurting you. So here's what I did. I went and made a list of the 13 most common mistakes I see in entrepreneurs every single day, and I'm going to share them with you and how to fix them completely for free. All you had to do is go to workonmygame.com. That's workonmygame.com. Put your email address in on that page, and I'm going to share with you the top 13 mistakes entrepreneurs make, why they make them, and how to fix them all in one place. Just go to workonmygame.com. I will tell you how to fix the biggest mistakes you may be making in your business right now and are not even aware that you're making them. And we're going to fix them all in the same spot. And this will take you less than 40 minutes. Go to workonmygame.com right now and let's fix the problems that you may not even know that you have. Wherever you're listening to the show, please subscribe to the show so that you are getting notified about every new episode that comes out. And leave a rating of the show so that other people can know about it. We can move up the algorithm so other people can work on their game the same way you're working on your game. Now let's get to it. I send out a daily motivation text every single morning that is guaranteed to have you focused, sharp, and on point to start your day. And I promise you, you want to receive this message. All you have to do to join my text community is to text me at my number, 305-384-6894. Once you join, we'll tell you all your options for how often you can get texted by us and all of that. Just text me at the number 305-384-6894 to get that daily motivation. See, it ain't Dion that I'm criticizing. It's the people who are supposed to analyze him that I'm criticizing. All right, the fact that he got quiet when he was getting his ass kicked, what's supposed to happen? You're supposed to be quiet when you're in your ass kicked, and it's acceptable to talk shit when you're winning. But nobody called that out when it happened. That's the part that I'm calling out. Dayolday.com. Pretty exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has, relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Work on your fucking game. I like the frameworks that he's put together. Work on your game. And I would highly recommend it to anybody that's trying to work on their game. Work on your fucking game. I think it's a good approach. It's a different approach too. Hey you, work on your game. Gave me something really good. Work on your game, DreOlday.com. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. The reason most people don't reach their goals in life is not because they never ask themselves what they want. Most of you do that. It's not because they're not willing to do the work. Most of you do a whole lot of that. It's because they never asked themselves the third key question, which is, who do I need to be? I wrote a book called The Mirror of Motivation that is all about asking and answering that question of and for yourself. That's why it's called The Mirror of Motivation. In that book, you're going to learn who you need to be as a person so that you can go get into that right energy, then do what you need to do, and then you'll be able to reach your goals and have what you want to have. And that sounds like the missing link in your process. And let me give you a hint. It is the missing link in your process. I'll give you a free copy of the Mirror of Motivation. All you have to do is cover the shipping and just go to mirrorofmotivation.com. Again, mirrorofmotivation.com. I will give you a free copy of that book so you can ask yourself the key question that you have never asked yourself, that most people never ask themselves, that will make all the difference in your success. Mirrorofmotivation.com.
You're now tuned into the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence to put yourself out there boldly and authentically, and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you've expected to achieve has yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get a huge dose of personal initiative. What is that? That is the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of wait for things to happen. And then we put all this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques all underneath the umbrella of one unified philosophy that is called Work On Your Game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic is Deion Sanders and the death of truth telling. Before we get into this, let me tell everybody, I have a Daily motivation text to send out every single day free of charge to everybody in my text community guaranteed to have you focus sharp and on point to start your week. Also, every week, daily motivation every day. You can get into my text community for free and we'll tell you what your options are for getting text from us at my number 305-384-6894. And by the way, some people have reached out to me and told me this. We've been having some technical difficulties from about early November. We've had some technical difficulties with the texting community. So if you haven't been receiving texts from me, didn't receive text from me for a few weeks, starting sometime around November. I didn't block you off my text list or anything like that, or you haven't gotten a response from me. We just been having some tech issues with that stuff, which hopefully by the time you hear this episode is fixed, but we are working on it. It's not our software that does it. It's another company's software. So when it gets fixed, it gets fixed. But anybody who's in my text community, if you did not manually opt out, then you will get the text once we get the things fixed right now. As of the day that I'm recording this, it is not working the right way, but it will be hopefully by the time you hear this. So anyway, just need to make sure I said that because I've had a couple of people ask me and that's the issue. Secondly, work on your game university. That's the only place I do any coaching. Any of you want to work with me directly, that is the only place that it happens. Go to work on your game That link is down below in the description to this episode with that out of the way and work on your game university, by the way, is for people who are top 2% performers, those you are planning on being top 2% performers, whether that is in your revenue, whether it's in the value that you give to people, whether it's in the status, the position that you hold within your industry. If you're looking to be there, or you're already there. You're the type of people who we want to work with. Our framework is based around mindset, strategy systems, and accountability. If you want to have me as your direct coach, go to workingyourgameuniversity.com. Now, getting into this topic, Deion Sanders and the death of truth telling. Let me start off by saying, first of all, I talked about Deion in a completely different context back in episode number 2509. The title of that episode was a question, which is, is Deion Sanders wrong? And he had made a comment about the type of players he would want for his football program as Deion is a former professional athlete, but now a coach at the collegiate level, at least as of today's recording. And he was asked what type of players does he want? And he mentioned he wanted players from two parent households, players who had a mother and father at home. And some people specifically in the black community took the comments to task because they didn't like the fact that he was saying that and they felt like he was putting some type of stigma on kids who came from single parent homes, which he kind of was, but that doesn't mean he was wrong. But anyway, you listen to episode 2509 if you want to know about that. I'm talking about it from a completely different angle here today, and it's not really about Dion himself, but as I get into this intro, you'll understand. So I'll start by saying Dion was my first favorite athlete. As just as an athlete period, he was my first favorite athlete because before I got into basketball, I played some football, mostly you no know, street football, never really official football, and then baseball. And Dion was an athlete who famously played football and baseball at the same time. He was solid in baseball, not great, and never really played it full time. He was his main thing was football, and he was one of the best ever at football, maybe the best ever at his position in the Hall of Fame and all of that. Was why you know his he matriculated to being a coach after his career ended in football. And even though I never seriously played football and baseball, I was again average at best. 
he was still my favorite athlete. And even after I stopped playing football and baseball, Dion was still my favorite athlete because I just liked his approach, his swagger, his energy, and the fact that he was actually pretty damn good at what he did. He wasn't some marginal player. He was actually a superstar at what he did. And this episode, again, is not so much about him. I'm just kind of using his name. I'm going to use some things that have happened with him and his name to frame what I'm talking about here today. He is the canvas for the point that I'm going to talk about here today about how little people are willing to tell the truth these days when that truth might make either them, their audience, or the people who they want to serve uncomfortable. And this is a problem. It's a problem when those of us who are tasked with giving people either news, giving people journalism, doing some form of investigation, giving people some form of game, such as I do right here. If you're in that position and you hesitate to tell people the truth because you think that truth will make you or them or someone who you want to be friends with in the future, whatever, your audience, the public in general, you think is going to make certain people uncomfortable so you withhold the truth, we got a problem. We have a problem when that's happening. And the experience of what's happened with Deion Sanders, who this year, again, as of this recording, by the time you all hear this, is still the situation. He just finished his first season as head coach at the Colorado University. And this is his first year coaching at a major college football program. He previously coached at Jackson State, which is a HBCU in Jackson, Mississippi. And his team was very good there, but it, that's not a major college football program. Colorado is a major college football program. And this is his first year coaching there. And there are many things that happened through this season with Dion that made me wonder why is nobody actually willing to tell the truth? But they're willing to say a whole lot of other things, but they're not willing to say the truth out loud. But we're going to solve all that problem here today. I'm going to point out some problems. I'm going to solve some problems all here today in this episode. And this is one of the reasons why journalism is dead. Now, we have journalism as a whole, like all forms of journalism, no matter the topic, and specifically sports journalism, which is an area that I pay a little bit more attention to simply because I'm an athlete myself and I pay attention to sports more than I pay attention to a bunch of other areas. And this is one of the reasons also why people like myself, People who have the ability to be objective and actually tell you the truth and is willing to say it out loud, regardless of who may be offended by the truth, this is why people like me have value. This is one of the reasons why I take up space in the marketplace, because this is something I am capable and willing to do, capable of and willing to do that a lot of my peers are not either incapable of or what I really suspect is that they're capable, they're just unwilling to do it. And that's what I want to address here today. So let's get into it again. Dion is our canvas here today, but it's not really about him. Point number one, topic once again today is Dion Sanders and the death of truth telling. Now, there was a, when Dion Sanders took his job at Colorado, which is located in Boulder, Colorado, a town I had been in. I actually spent a good amount of time in Colorado, beautiful place, too damn cold for me, but overall, just visually, beautiful, aesthetically and visually, Colorado is a beautiful place. If Colorado had Miami's weather, I would move to Colorado. But there was a red carpet of alleged journalists and influencers running out to Boulder, Colorado, when Dion was winning and popular, which was lasted for about the first month of the season of college football. College football teams play roughly somewhere between 10 and 12, 13 games, something like that. So the first month of the season, Colorado was actually winning games, and Dion was very popular, and everybody was talking about him. Everybody in sports was just talking about Dion Sanders, no matter what sports you play. And there was a bunch of people making the trek to Boulder, Colorado, so they could stand on the sidelines and take pictures with Dion and the team and be seen in Colorado because everybody was just running to the popular thing. Everybody was running to the bright, shiny object, which was 
uh, Deion Sanders and his Colorado Buffaloes football team when they were winning and popular. What happened is that red carpet got very raggedy and also extremely empty once they started losing because Deion's team at one point in the season was they had four wins and two losses. And then as of this recording, they got one game left in the season. Who knows how that game's going to go, but they are four and seven. So they lost a whole bunch of games in a row. They're not going to play in a bowl game this year. They're not going to have a winning record. They are going to finish in last place in their conference. All of these things happened the previous year. They got a couple more wins in the previous year, but they're last place in the conference. They're a losing record. They're not going to play in a bowl game. It was the same outcome they had before. And that red carpet got real empty because nobody wanted to get on it. Nobody wanted to stand in line to come take pictures. Nobody's coming to the games anymore. None of that stuff's happening while the team is losing. Now, that's normal. Or any sports team, that's pretty much how it goes. Or there's a popular team and they're winning and getting championships and everybody thinks this team's going to be the next thing. Everybody's going there. But as soon as that team's losing and trash, everybody goes away. All right, that's not something that just happened because Deion Sanders showed up. I'm just using that point. I'm laying that foundation down to make the rest of my point. We're still on point number one here. And that first few weeks of the college football season, when Colorado was winning, there was a lot of excitement. And I saw influencers, people who I know personally, whose names I'm not going to say here today, but people I know personally, I saw them going to Colorado, taking pictures at the game. Journalists who are, again, supposed to objectively tell you what's going on. They were flocking to Colorado. Doesn't mean they're not a journalist because they went to Colorado, by the way. Sometimes a journalist goes to the popular thing so they can see and talk about it. But I saw a lot of journalists going there. I saw basketball players, basketball, not football, basketball players going to Colorado. Rappers showing up in Colorado. All other types of people running to Boulder, Colorado, just so they could bask in the glory and the attention of the football program that Deion Sanders himself and his players were receiving. All right, this absolutely happened. Any of you follows college sports or sports in general, you know this all happened. Many of these people are people who give their opinions and analyze sports for a living. Now, analyze does not mean you are defending or attacking any particular individual. You're analyzing. You're looking at what happened and you're telling us what's taking place. You're making it easy for the common, less knowledgeable person to understand what's going on. That's what an analyst does. All of them had their loyalty to Dion, however, purchased by making their pilgrimage to Boulder, Colorado. See, once you went to Boulder, Colorado, like ESPN and Fox Sports, and you do your TV show from Boulder, and you have Dion on as a guest, and he welcomes you and lets you come see the campus and brings you in the locker room, and you're taking pictures with him and all of that, could you really, two weeks later, go back to your hometown and do your show from your normal studio and say anything that is in any way critical of Dion and his team after he just did that for you? For the most part, in journalism today, that doesn't happen. Basically, your loyalty can be bought and now you can't be a journalist anymore because you lost your objectivity because you're needing or wanting to be friends with the people that you're supposed to be analyzing and reporting on. And this is one of the ways that journalism is died because a lot of journalists these days, and this is not just with Dion, this is with a lot of sports, especially I see it in basketball and also happens in football, that many people who are journalists, their job is to tell you objectively what's going on and help, again, the common person make sense of what they're seeing. Many of them don't tell you the truth about a player if that truth may end up could be seen as critical by the player and or their fans, because if it's seen as critical and that player may decide, well, I'm not going to let you interview me anymore. I'm not going to answer any more of your questions. You won't be able to do a feature story on me because I'm not going to talk to you because I'm mad that you said this thing or that thing about me or they're concerned about the backlash they may get from the fans of that person. And certain players have a whole lot of fans. And if you attack, not even attack, but criticize someone and they take it as an attack or their fans take it as an attack. Then the fans can come attack you, and a lot of people don't even want to deal with the backlash they may get on social media just because they said something critical yet true about a certain athlete or a certain player who has a certain fan base. Dion is in this category. 
Because no matter what happened moving forward, all those journalists and analysts who went to Boulder and shook Dion's hand and took pictures with him, none of those people could offer a honest critique of him because now he positioned them as like they're his friend. And if they did, they may not be his friend anymore. They may not get invited to the next barbecue. And many of these journalists basically had given up their own credibility and their objectivity just to go to Boulder and stand next to this guy. See, the thing is, if you're going to be in a journalist space, remember episode 2174, there are no perfect scenarios in life, only trade-offs. You're going to be in a journalist space. You have to remain objective, which means there are times when you may have to pass on being friendly with somebody. You may have to pass on taking a picture with individuals. You have to pass on them being too chummy with you because you still need to maintain your objectivity or how it was back in the days. We're talking the 90s and maybe about the first decade of this century from 2000 to about 2010. A journalist could be friendly with an athlete that they were assigned to cover and the athlete didn't take it personally when the journalist offered some critique of them because two things. Number one, people were just more mentally tough and had much more backbone those days than they had these days than they have these days. And number two, a journalist would simply reach out to a player and say, hey, let's say I was a journalist here in Miami. I reached out to a player on the Dolphins and I say, look, starting linebacker for the Dolphins, I'm about to put this article out in two days. I'm going to be critical of you and the way you've been performing. And here's the reasons why. Here's what I'm going to say in the article. If you got something to say about it, look, say it to me right here. I'll even include it in the article, but I want you to know this is coming. So when it comes out, you don't think that I'm just blindsiding or bashing you behind your back. And me and them can have a conversation. That's how they used to do it back in the day in journalism. These days, it's kind of done that way. But the thing is, there's no criticism. Nobody criticizes anybody because, again, you wouldn't have any access. There was something that happened just a couple of weeks ago from when I'm recording this, maybe a week ago from when I'm recording this, maybe mid-November 2023, there was a play-by-play analyst who works for some NBA team. I don't remember which team this guy worked for, but his team that he works for was about to play against the LA Clippers. And the LA Clippers recently traded for this guy named James Harden. James Harden's a star NBA player, will be in the Hall of Fame, he's won an MVP award, puts up great stats, has scored a bunch of points in his career. I personally am not a big fan of James Harden, but I do recognize that he is a Hall of Fame player and he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame because of his performance. But he's just not my flavor. Now, this analyst, in mentioning James Harden, he went on maybe about a two minute little soliloquy talking about why he believes James Harden has been the problem on many teams that he's been on. And I actually agree with this guy because James Harden is a guy who has multiple times, actually three times in a row, as a matter of fact, quit on the team that he was on while still under contract. He quit. He said to them, I don't want to play for this team anymore. I demand to be traded. He did it three times in a row. And it'd be one thing if somebody like LeBron James or Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan did that. These guys have won championships and are cemented legendary status where they played. James Harden has no championships. He has repeatedly played smaller in the playoffs than he played in the regular season. But he still makes uh, demands as if everything needs to revolve around him, which, again, he doesn't have the resume to do that. But people still bow to him for whatever reason. I mean, it's not like that he's a bad basketball player. Again, I just said he's not my flavor. I'm not saying he's not good. He's just not my flavor. So when this guy said this stuff about James Harden, he didn't get suspended or fired, even though I saw people on social media calling for that, which is good. They didn't suspend or fire the guy. But the video of him saying it, his parent company who he works for, this analyst, they took the video off the internet. They took the video down off YouTube or whatever it was because they felt like it was a little bit too critical of James Harden. I'm like, what the hell are y'all doing? This is literally what analysis is about. Analysis, rather, is about. This is what journalism is about, is you can praise someone when they're doing great and you can criticize them when they're doing bad. If James Harden had been scoring a bunch of points and doing great and the analyst 
said great things about him. They wouldn't have took that video down, right? But because he said something critical of James Harden, now you take the video down? Again, this is just the, as I talked about a few episodes ago, I don't know what episode that was, but let me tell you. So those of you who haven't heard it, that was episode number 2736, the pussification of our society. Our society has become pussified. Everybody's just weak. Everybody's soft. And is the males and the females, is the athletes and the analysts, is everybody, is the business people, is the owners, everybody's just weak. Everybody's soft. We can't leave a video up because you're criticizing a player. Right? So what? Players deserve to be criticized. It's part of the game. Part of the game, part of the attention of being a professional athlete and getting paid all that money. The reason you get paid all that money is because of the attention that comes with your job. And with attention comes criticism. We talked about this before. One of the number one signs that you are creating more success in your life is that you are getting a lot more attention. And the more attention you get, it is inevitable you will be criticized. That's how it works. So why they would take the video down, again, doesn't make any sense. And this is part of the depth of journalism, which I've talked about in previous episodes of this show. Let me tell you which ones. Episode 2016, why journalism is dying, specifically where I laid it out. See, the thing with someone like myself, even though I told you Dion was my first favorite athlete, I am still a fan of Dion the player. Now, as far as coaching, I don't know if I've been a fan of a coach, but Dion the player, I'm still a fan of. But I don't need to take Instagram photos with anybody, anybody, so I can tell you the truth about everything. If I see some athlete who I've offered a critique of, usually they probably won't know who I am, but let's say they saw me and they recognize me and man, you did that critique of me on your podcast, on your show, or on YouTube. I would say, yeah, I did. If I said something that was incorrect, let me know. Tell me what it was. You see, I don't need to be invited to their birthday party. I don't need to take an Instagram picture with them. I don't need them to follow me on social media. See, I have none of those needs. Therefore, I have the freedom to say whatever I want to say. And see, this is where we talked about how freedom and security are trade-offs. See, the security of having people like you cost you the freedom of saying what you want to say to them. Attention all health enthusiasts. Let me tell you how to stay hydrated and healthy when you drink water. Are you tired of constantly worrying about the quality of the water you consume? We all know how important it is to stay hydrated and quench our thirst with clean, refreshing water. But we're risking our health with every gulp by drinking contaminated tap water. So introducing AquaTrue, the ultimate solution to your hydration woes. Unlike ordinary water filters that leave traces of impurities behind, AquaTrue guarantees your peace of mind. With its advanced four-stage reverse osmosis technology, this revolutionary water filter is designed to remove up to 99% of harmful contaminants such as lead, chlorine, pesticides, and even pharmaceuticals. Believe that. Before you dismiss AquaTrue as too good to be true, let's address one thing. Some users have noticed that the filter replacement process can be a bit time-consuming. However, this minor inconvenience is more than outweighed by the top-notch performance and unmatched purity that AquaTrue produces. Now, why does AquaTrue stand out from the crowd? While other water filters struggle to effectively eliminate impurities, AquaTrue does it in literally seconds. I got them. I know. I have it right here in my office. Its powerful filtration system ensures that you and your loved ones can enjoy crystal clear water that not only tastes great, but also promotes optimal health. But wait, there's more. AquaTrue separates itself from the competition with its sleek and compact design. It actually looks great on your kitchen countertop. No more bulky water filter pitchers taking up precious refrigerator space. AquaTrue fits seamlessly on your countertop, providing you with an unlimited supply of pure, refreshing water, literally at the touch of a button. So no more worrying about hidden contaminants that may lurk in your water, because with AquaTrue, you can sip and savor each glorious glass of water, knowing that your health is no longer at risk. So you stay hydrated, stay healthy, 
and say goodbye to those mediocre filtration systems. So, health-focused individuals, don't settle for less when you can have the best. Experience the AquaTrue difference today and gift yourself the purest, cleanest water imaginable. Go to workwhenyourgame.com slash A-T, that stands for AquaTrue, and get $100 off any AquaTrue filter. Again, that's workwhenyourgame.com slash A-T, and get $100 off any AquaTrue filter. Do not miss out on this opportunity to revolutionize your hydration game. Your body will thank you. Marinate on that as we move on to point number two. Today's topic, once again, is Deion Sanders and the death of truth telling. Number two, Mr. Sanders, Coach Prime, as he likes to call himself. His nickname when he played was Primetime, so he wants people to call him Coach Prime, not Coach Deion or Coach Sanders. Make of that what you will. But Deion was very boastful and defiant when his team was winning. Those first couple games of the season, when they were winning, Deion was coming into press conferences with sunglasses on and a hat on, sunglasses indoors. And he wouldn't take his sunglasses off. And he demanded that people call him Coach Prime, not call him Coach Sanders or call him Dion. He demanded Coach Prime. And he even said to some reporters, and it's debatable who he was talking about. Nobody quite knows. But he had a reporter in the room ask him a question. He said, oh, what about you? I got receipts from the things that you said. You said some stuff about us. I got receipts now. What you saying now? You ain't saying anything now. And he said, well, people are uncomfortable with me being successful because I'm a black man coaching at this predominantly white university, which is a ridiculous thing for him to say because he is far from the first black guy to be coaching at a predominantly white university. And he ain't the first one to win a couple games there either. And there are many black coaches who won a lot more than he did in his first season in Colorado. So him saying that again was ridiculous. He only said it after his first game or two when they were undefeated after one or two games, but he ain't saying anything like that anymore. Just He was just very boastful. Dion was extremely boastful. He was very mouthy, basically talking a lot of shit when his team was winning the first few weeks of the season. And all of that went away while his team was getting beat up and beat on, which has happened the rest of the season. Now, there are some Deion Sanders defenders. Some of you listening to this are Deion defenders who are already formulating your counterpoints to what you're hearing me say right now. I get it. I understand. I know that you're doing it. And they're going to tell me how, well, listen, Colorado's team only won one game the year before Deion became the coach which is true. They will tell you how building up a college football program takes multiple years and not just one year, which can be true as well. Let's address both of those points. First of all, Deion Sanders came to Colorado and he replaced the entire roster from the previous season with his team. So it's one thing if you take a roster that was already in place, you start coaching it and they win a lot more games than they had previously, then we can say your coaching was an improvement on the previous season's coaching. However, we can't say that with Colorado because the only thing the same about last year's team and this year's team is the uniforms and the stadium. Everything else is different because all the players were replaced. This is a whole different group of players. So the team that won one game the year before and the team that won four games this year, that's not a 400% improvement or a three-win improvement. No, it's not. What it is is a whole different roster just with the same uniforms. That's the only thing that's the same between the previous year and this year. So he didn't really improve the success of the team because it's a whole different team. That's one thing completely different roster. And this team came in last place just like the other one. Let's remember where we're at, folks. Performance in a results-based business. The result is you came in last place in the conference. That's the result. Whether you did it with one win, two, three, or four, last place is last place. Secondly, Deion Sanders himself did not say that what he was going to build in Colorado was a multi-year thing. He didn't say multi-year. Deion had t-shirts printed up 
and he's posting on social media or having his social media team, whoever the hell that is, posting all the time. We coming. That was their phrase. We coming. They said it just like that. We coming. And then when they started winning the first couple of games, he changed it to, oh, we're not coming. We're here. Now it's happening right now. We ain't hard to find. Ain't hard to find. Whatever the phrase was he was saying. This is all the shit that they were talking. They were making T-shirts, hashtags, all this stuff when the team was winning and everybody was coming to Colorado to, again, take pictures and stand on the sidelines and show everybody, hey, I'm at Colorado. Look at me. All right. All that was happening when they were winning. He didn't say multi-year thing. He said now. It's right now. Not two years from down the line. He didn't say after their first game of the season when they won. He didn't go and say, well, look, I'm humbled and I'm grateful for this win. But no, this is a long season. It's going to be a long progress. We got to build this team up. No, we can't get too excited about this. No, he didn't do that. You know what Deion said after the first win? The first game of the season in the press conference, he started talking as they're uncomfortable because I'm a successful black man and I'm coaching at this predominantly white university. He said, well, I got receipts from all y'all who is doubting me. Do y'all believe now? I got one question. Do y'all believe now? Y'all were talking all that. Now, do you believe? Now, do you see what we're doing? This is all after the first game of the season. And then when they were getting their ass kicked the rest of the season, uh, all that went away. This was not Dion Defenders, a multi-year thing. You may say building up a college program takes multi-years. I actually believe you. It does. But that ain't what Mr. Sanders came in there preaching. He came in there. Oh, right now. We're doing it right now. Do you believe now? That's what he said after they won their first game or two of the season. If I'm wrong about that, somebody let me know. I know I'm not wrong about it. So you don't, it's nothing you need to let me know. When he took over the Colorado program, by the way, he took over as coach. He basically was announced as coach during the previous school year, the spring semester of 2023. So the players who had played the previous season were still on campus. He called a meeting of those previous players, the ones he ended up replacing. He called a meeting with those players. And this video is out and it's a famous thing that Dion said. He said, I'm coming. I'm letting y'all know that I'm coming and I'm bringing my luggage with me. That was his phrase. He said, I'm bringing my luggage with me. And then he added, my luggage is Louis. And when he said Louis, he meant Louis Vuitton, the fashion brand. I got Louis Vuitton luggage. What that meant is I got high quality luggage coming with me. In other words, I got a bunch of high quality players coming in here to replace all of your sorry asses. And most of you are not going to be here anymore. He didn't say all that, but that was his message. And he did end up following through on it because he replaced all the players from the previous season. It was a euphemism. Let him know I'm bringing in high quality luxury players. They're going to replace y'all. And that's what he did, except one thing was missing. Players he bought in that luggage, he must have got it from Canal Street in New York because that luggage wasn't that good because his team, again, still came in last place. But see, after they won their first few games, all that boasting, do you believe now? We're no longer coming. We're already here. I'm about to get really comfortable. That's another thing he said. I'm about to get real comfortable in a minute. And then this is all his boasting after his first game or two in the season. Any of you follows college football knows everything I'm saying here happened. I ain't got none of this wrong. None of it is hyperbole. None of it is exaggerated. That's all exactly as it happened. My question to you is, why is none of you talking about this part as loud or as frequently as you were celebrating when he was winning? That's my question. When he was winning, all y'all couldn't stop talking about him and celebrating him and co-signing him and you know, just being the next one in line to kiss the ring. And you would have went to Colorado and took pictures on the sideline too if he had invited you. Why y'all ain't talking about this part the way you were talking about that part? That's what I want to know. I know the answer. I already know the answer. Because, again, people are afraid of telling the truth. Again, that's why I exist in the marketplace. See, I have a niche here. There's not a secret formula like the formula for Coca-Cola. There's not some secret algorithm that I have. I'm just willing to tell the truth. And the difference between me 
And a lot of people is, first of all, I have no fear of backlash from anybody. Secondly, I have no need for anybody to like me or co-sign me or, again, follow me on social media or want to take a picture with me. I want to get invited to your birthday dinner. I don't need any of that shit. But many of you want that from these people who you will not criticize, but you will gladly celebrate. If you are an objective truth teller, you could say the same things that I'm saying. But since there are so few of us, I got to go and do it, even though I'm talking about a subject and I don't even follow that much. I haven't watched a single second of a Colorado football game this year. I just follow what's going on. I know what's going on. I see the conversations. I can see the final score. I can see the stats. I don't watch the games. I don't need to watch the games because this episode ain't about analyzing the performance of the X's and O's performance of the team. It's about how it was a whole lot of trash talking, a whole lot of shit talking when the success was there and a whole lot of people co-signing it and celebrating it. But then when the losses start piling up, those same people were quiet. And these are the people who are supposed to tell us the truth for a living. See, that's the thing. See, it ain't Dion that I'm criticizing. It's the people who are supposed to analyze him that I'm criticizing. All right, the fact that he got quiet when he was getting his ass kicked, what's supposed to happen? You're supposed to be quiet when you're in your ass kicked. And it's acceptable to talk shit when you're winning. But nobody called that out when it happened. That's the part that I'm calling out. You know those days in your life when you don't really feel like being at work, you don't really feel like doing the job that you're required to do, but you have to do it anyway? Yeah, those days. We call those days the third day. Everyone has them no matter what it is that you do, and you need to, if you're going to be a professional, have a system for getting through those days because they're going to happen. I wrote a book called The Third Day, the decision that separates the pros from the amateurs that systematically and strategically coaches you on how to get through those days so you can give your best effort when you least feel like it. I will give you a free copy of the book. Again, it's called The Third Day. All you have to do is cover the shipping and go to thirddaybook.com. Again, that's thirddaybook.com. Get a free copy of that book, How to Separate Yourself, the Pro, from the Amateurs by showing up and giving your best effort when you least feel like it. Just go to thirddaybook.com. Point number three. Today's topic, once again, is Deion Sanders and the death of truth telling. Number three, the same alleged analysts whose job is to objectively analyze the game and share their opinions. None of them has offered any legitimate critique of Deion Sanders himself as his team has faltered and been kicked around in the second half of the football season. None of them. None of them did it. They all have become cheerleaders. Many of these journalists are simply cheerleaders. They're not telling you the truth. They are cheerleading for who they like and finding ways to bash the people that they don't like. And this is why journalism is dead, because nobody's just going to tell you straight up and down, down the middle, what it is. This applies in politics just as well as it applies in sports and just as well as it applies in social issues and everywhere else. I scroll through X slash Twitter often, and I see this all the time. So you have all these people who on X, Twitter, they talk politics. I hear a lot of political stuff. And people who are supposed to be journalists, they can never tell you an objective thing about one side or the other because they've already decided which side that they're on. So you can't really trust anybody. So the people who hate the conservative Republican side will always find something negative to say about anything that happens from the conservative Republican side and always put a positive spin on anything from the liberal Democratic side and vice versa. So you don't have any real journalism going on anymore because nobody is objective. Everybody just has a dog in the race and they're just going to say whatever they need to say and skew it whatever way they need to to support the side that they want to be on. This is why we have no journalism these days. 
So if you can celebrate and be a cheerleader for someone when they're winning, then if you're an objective analyst by profession, a journalist, that means you should be critiquing just as strongly and openly and just as frequently when they're losing or not doing well. As I said, there's no journalism, so that's why this doesn't happen. See, nowadays, the people who are supposed to give you objective information only give you the information that will allow them to maintain friendships and relationships and will help them and will pander to the audience they wish to serve. That's what they're doing. Now, you could say somebody could critique me and say, well, Dre, you're pandering to your audience, too. I suppose you could say that the difference between me and them is this. My audience is people who want to hear the truth as it is. See, nobody tuned into the show because they want to hear me defend Dion or you want to hear me critique Dion. You just want to hear me tell you the truth about what happened with Dion. I'm just here to tell you the truth. I have no dog in the race. Like, again, I don't have any need to criticize him. I don't have any need to praise him. I have no dog in the race. It doesn't matter which way it goes. If he went undefeated this year, won a national championship, would not, or he went 0-12 and didn't win any games, it would not affect me in any way. It doesn't affect me positively. It doesn't affect me negatively. I'm just here to tell you the truth. See, I'm here to tell people the truth as it is, not as you wish to hear it. That's what the truth is. See, there's only one truth. All right, there are no sides to a truth. There are sides to a story. There are no sides to a truth. My audience, the people who I'm looking to serve, my audience is not black people. My audience is not white people. My audience is not liberal. My audience is not conservative. It's not Democrat. It's not Republican. My audience is the people who want to hear the truth as I see it and as I'm able to interpret it. That's my audience. And if I'm giving you something that's an opinion, I will tell you it's an opinion. When I'm giving you something that is objectively provable, I will tell you that as well. If I'm telling you something that's just, I'm just laying out the timeline of something that happened like I'm doing here today, I'll tell you. I will offer you the opportunity to correct me if I got something wrong. Many people today who are supposed to be truth tellers are cheerleaders. The Deion Sanders situation is just an example of it. Again, this episode ain't really about him. He is just a prime example, no pun intended, of where we are in today's society. Let's recap today's class, which is Deion Sanders and the death of truth telling. And this is using the example of what happened with the Colorado football program this year, the coach Prime's first year on the team, and how nobody is willing to tell the truth. Number one, there's a red carpet of people, alleged journalists and objective people running to take pictures and stand on the sideline of Colorado when they were winning, but then when they were losing, those people all went away and none of them had anything to say, even though they were all his biggest supporters verbally. When he was winning, uh, these people are dishonest. Number two, Dion was very boastful and defiant when his team was winning. He was very boastful and very defiant. And then when he was getting beat up on, he got real quiet. And the thing is, the same people who were boasting on his behalf when he was winning, they all got real quiet too when he started losing. But their job is to keep talking. They just found a way to not talk about that. They found a way to not know what was going on. And again, this is why journalism is dead because people are not objective anymore. They're just trying to protect their personal interests. And number three, same alleged analyst whose job is to objectively analyze the game and give their opinions. None of them has offered a legitimate critique of Dion all year. Nobody's offered any kind of legitimate critique of the guy because he's got them all in his pocket because they all want to be friends with him. They all want to be cool with, I guess, the culture, quote unquote, that I guess Dion calls himself representing as he has rappers come to the game and rap in the locker room before the game and all this, all these other histrionics that I don't know, coaches these days feel like they have to do. I don't know if all coaches do this. I'm not a coach. If I was coaching, and ain't none of that shit happening. Ain't no gangster rapper coming to my locker room rapping before a game. I don't give a damn what the kids want. But anyway, that's a different conversation for a different day. Actually, it's not a conversation for a different day because I ain't taking no coaching job. But anyway, 
hope y'all get the point from what I'm talking about here today, that there are very few people out there willing to tell the truth. So you in your particular space, if you are willing to tell the truth, there is a lane wide open for you. All right. There's not a lot of cars on it. All that said, text me here in my test community. My number is 305-384-6894 and workonyourgameuniversity.com. It's the only place to work with me directly, only place to have me as your coach. That link and the number down below in the description. Work on your game. Dre all day. While you are here, don't forget to text me so you can be part of my texting community where you can ask me questions. You can share challenges with me. You are messaging me directly. You can get a direct response from me because I do read and reply to my messages. My number again, 305-384-6894. One more time, 305-384-6894. Make sure you text me because you never know when I'm going to send a message that could be the one thing you need to hear, the one thing you need to do, the one insight you need to get that could change your life. Make sure you message me 305-384-6894. People often ask me, Dre, is there any way that I could work with you directly? Is there any way that I could talk to you on a regular basis? Just ask you questions, share with you what I'm doing and just get your feedback and your insight on where I'm going personally and professionally. The answer is yes. And the further answer is there's only one place to do that. That is work on your game university. That's the only place I do any coaching. It's the only place I work with anyone directly. All you have to do to get involved in the university is go to work on your game There you'll see all your options, whether you want to schedule a call with us, join one of our group programs, and we go from there. I'll see you inside. Again, that's work on your game If you're a long time listener, you might know that I've been drinking AG1 since early 2023 best thing about my introduction to AG1 was that I was able to eliminate all these extra supplements and pills that I was taking every single day because AG1 is a foundational nutritional supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. AG1 since 2010 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. Not only did I replace all those extra multivitamins and pills with AG1, but I love that every scoop also includes a bunch of other good things that you need. All you had to do is read the label is right there on their website, which I'll give you in a second. That includes everything you need and more every single day. And since AG1 is a supplement that I trust to provide the support that my body needs daily, and that's why I've been a partner for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, understand it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash work on your game. That's drinkag1.com slash work on your game. Check it out and thank yourself later.